It's Combine Week. It's official. The Kansas City Chiefs have made a couple of moves on the staff. They're here, and we have contracts coming. Matt Derrick is on the ground, and we're going to get into it today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's officially Combine Week, and I know you're excited. I'm excited about that, too, because this is the basis for the athletic matrix you will find. Find that at RogueAPC.com. All of my latest draft class will be out in the coming weeks. Make sure you get over there and pre-order now at RogueAPC.com. Thanks for making us your first listen. This is the Lockdown Podcast Network. Check out another show on the network to have your second listen. Thanks for making us your first. We like to do this every day for free. We are five days a week, and at least once a week, we get Mr. Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, who is on the beat wherever the Chiefs are at, to give us the real deal Thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, looks like Indy has treated you pretty well so far. You got a lot of news on day one. I think the thing that stands out to me the most is just where we're at with Chris Jones. A little bit of flowery language, but I think it actually made me feel a little bit more like they understand just how unique a situation is this is to have a guy this age play this well that you can extend and maybe have him retire with this organization, having never played for anyone else. Yeah, and and obviously, like we've been talking about, Chris is in a unique position because he is going into the final year of his contract. And if all of this sounds familiar, it's because it's the exact same situation that Tyreek Hill was in a year ago. Uh, both of them looking for third contracts, you know, uh, you know, both of them looking for a, a bump up in pay. And, you know, and, and it's not uncommon for players not to play out the final year of a contract, especially when you're as good as Chris is and, and you're in the prime of the way that he has been and you're playing the way that he is. Uh, players have a way to force you know, a team's hand in that final year of the contract. And we're, we'll see what happens over the next month. You know, I asked Brett Veach about Chris Jones specifically today, and he did go back to Tyreek Hill from a year ago because when he was at the Combine last year, he told us they, they felt like they might be able to get a deal done with Tyreek, and he thought they were absolutely going to get an extension done. That didn't happen. And the reason why was because the market changed, and, and that's what Brett pointed to today. Now, what does he mean when he says that you know, the market's going to dictate what happens? Well, it means watch out for for the contracts for defensive tackles. And I would specifically look for for Fletcher Cox and probably even more so Jason Hargrave. Hargrave. <laughs> because, you know, Hargrave's younger, he's 30. If Jason Hargrave gets something ridiculous like 25 plus million a year, um, that's exactly the kind of deal that Devontae Adams forced last year, remember, in, in the trade to the Vegas that was the domino that pushed over the Tyreek Hill contract. If Jason Hargrave starts making more money than Chris Jones does, Chris Jones is going to ask the Chiefs for more money. And, and, and I think the Chiefs are certainly interested. You know, Brett Feach told me today he's hopeful that it can work out. And you're right. I mean, he, he absolutely spoke about wanting to make sure that Chris Jones retired as a Chief. He feels like, uh, you know, an extension would be the best for both sides. So the Chiefs are interested. They definitely want to get something done with Chris and, and, and try to make sure that he stays in Kansas City beyond 23. But they also want to avoid the contract drama because – you know, I'll point to the other reason why you want to, you know, iron things out with Chris. You've got other guys you may want to use the franchise tag or a transition tag on over the next couple of seasons. And, hey, having Chris taken care of means that's one guy that you don't have to worry about, you know, leverage wise. I mean, you you take care of a lot of problems there. So uh, there's absolutely right now they're saying the right things. They will talk to Jones's representation and see what happens from here. 
that that we'll see comment. You sound a lot like Andy Reid today, and we're we're going to talk later in the show about the change of the offense staff. Who gets to work with PM fifteen? Who might be back on the offensive line? We'll talk about that coming up in the second. But I want to stick with this topic right now. This is setting up the franchise. If you can get the extension done, it allows you to drop next year's salary, which is the tightest of the next three seasons, obviously. They fall down to, like, I think they only have 132 committed in 2024 of what is projected to be a 254-plus cap. That's a nice situation to be in, so it buys you a little bit of time. Obviously, you have extensions. We're going to talk about those uh, coming up here later as well. <clears throat> but it's interesting that you compare the, the we'll see answers today to the one thing that we heard last year that ended up being the shock of the offseason, and that is the movement of Tyreek Hill. Is this a situation that you feel the defensive tackle market with Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Dan, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, I, I think those are the three guys that maybe can affect that. I don't know that Larry Ogunjobi or Sean Robinson or, or even like Sheldon Rankins, I don't think any of those guys are going to affect the Chris numbers. But do you think there's enough of a market there that there could be a team that wants to saunter on up and say, I'll take the best guy on your defense for $24 million a year or whatever he can command that is just so much, much like the Tyree Kill contract was, that the Chiefs have to consider that? Yeah, I mean, it's distinctly possible. I mean, once you once you get the, to free agency, uh, I mean, numbers don't always make a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, you see some of the free agent deals that the players get. And the, pre the thing is, is that when you get to free agency, you're going to have to overpay, and teams do overpay. They pay more to lure other free agents than to keep their own. That's why, I mean, if, if Chris Jones were on the open market, he would get, probably get more money from another team than he would get from the Chiefs. Uh, that's just the way that these things usually work when you get bidders. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you, you don't want to get into is you don't want to get into a situation where, you know, Chris is either next year hits the open market, could hit the open market, because then that at that point you you lose a lot of leverage. And then you would have to be talking about franchise tag. And the Chiefs have been down that road before. Um, even if you get to a point like the Chiefs got with Tyreek last year and you allow a player to start seeing what else is out there and then suddenly they find out maybe there is, you know, greener grass on, on the other side of the wall, you know, that can change things too. So, I mean, I still think looking at it, Hargrave is the most interesting. I mean, there's other players that I think could, could get some money. And, and this doesn't even preclude, you know, Chris Jones's agents, you know, coming to the Chiefs and saying, hey, you know what, maybe the free agent market's a little quiet this year. But, you know, um, Chris Jones had a better year than Aaron Donald did. And Aaron Donald's not healthy right now. Chris Jones is. And Chris and Aaron Donald's making a whole lot more money than Chris Jones is. So maybe that's the contract that we need to talk about comparing Chris Jones to and not these other guys. Because if they do that, then that would also be a reason for Chris Jones to justify making more money. I think that's the big fear that it could evolve just like the wide receiver market did last year. There's another position that I'm a little concerned about. There's a lot of rumor going around right now, and we have a little bit more information about the franchise tag, what it might be used for here. We're going to get to that coming up next. But first, I got to let you know our friends at FanDuel have a great deal for you, whether it's now that the football season is over and the NBA is in full swing, March Madness is around the corner. It's a great time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because you can get a no-sweat first bet right now and win up to $1,000 of free bets if your first bet fails. So you get those bonuses because you don't 
hit on the first one. It's a good thing to do. Just download the sport, the FanBook Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Helps you get everything done. And you can do everything from money line to point scores to rebounds, the whole nine yards for basketball. Plus, there's some interesting props about who lands where, who gets what here in the NFL offseason world. So check all of that out. It lets you combine all of those into same-game parlays that you can do on basketball, anything that's available on FanDuel, and it's all available on FanDuel. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet over $1,000 in bonus bets when you lose your first one at FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's over there underneath, Matt. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, the NBA, and Locked On Sports. Now, what I'm locked on to is the lunacy that happened yesterday. I just want a quick comment from you. We don't have to dig into it because I've already gone off the, the, the deep end for it. As much as there's that scenario we just discussed for Chris Jones, I don't see any way that the Chiefs even entertain letting LeJarius Sneed out of town on a trade when he hasn't even gotten to a second contract. I think they are probably looking to extend earlier than later. But just, just your feel, your comment – is it just pure lunacy or or am I not giving it the credits due? Um, I get it. I mean, people will make the argument and the arg and the other part of the argument that's critical to this is the you know the notion that you either can't or don't want to sign Legarius Need long term. And I, I certainly get, uh, you know, people saying, hey, you know, the Chiefs just had a, a, a tremendous haul with cornerbacks and defensive backs in the draft. Eh, they don't need Legarius Need. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was a great class, but they need to back it up. I mean, you need to see those guys come out and do it again, and you need to see them getting better. And that's part one. The other part is that, I mean, I do think that, and I, I'm probably, you'll find no bigger fan of Legereus Sneed than I am. I mean, I've just really been impressed. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, some of the things that he does gets overlooked especially in the the run defense and the physicality, because that's something that usually, you know, doesn't stand out about corners. They don't get a lot of credit for it. They, you know, teams look for, and everybody talks about the, the passes defense, the interceptions. So unless you're one of these sticky guys, um, you know, you don't get included in that top conversation. And, and I think Legereus is, is close to being one of those guys. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, you know, hey, if you were to trade, you know, Legereus Sneed right now, I mean, I don't think you're getting anything more than the second. And, to me, that's not enough for the guy. I think he's better than that. And you certainly let him play another year. I mean, I think he is going to be better than that. And I think and, and somebody who made that trade and only gave up a second would be absolutely happy to give him another contract on top of that. So I don't entirely get it. I mean, I do understand it from the standpoint of, you know, if you're not going to keep a guy, trade him after year three, if you've decided they're not part of your foundation. But one, I don't think you do it with a guy like Snead that can help you now. And I don't know why you want to get rid of. I mean, this is a guy that I think you may want to make an investment in and keep for the future. So I don't really, I don't really get the idea of trading. I mean, like I said, I, I get it from a standpoint of trade when their value is the most. But honestly, I mean, with the the franchise tag, if you if you had to use it, you know, on luxurious next year, I mean, you got control of him. So you know, don't give away that control right now. Interesting the way that you phrased that peaked piqued my curiosity on one other player that might be in that kind of situation where maybe you're not looking to keep him beyond his current contract year. Does anyone else spark you that could be on the chopping block, whether they're going to, to garner a lot of interest or not? Well, there are two other players who fit into that category. 
who, you know, potentially would be either under team control or within team control. Um, Willie Gay is one, but I think you're probably thinking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire and that fifth year option coming up. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was a topic today. Um, and I, I, I will say, you know, if you want to read between the lines and listen to Brett Veach's answers, I encourage you to go do that. Um, because I think that his answers about, you know, talking about long-term extensions for Gay and Sneed was a little bit different than his tone when talking about taking picking up the fifth-year option for Clyde. Uh, but I will let you be your own judge of that when, when you, you know, you go hear what he had to say about, on both of those. But I, I did detect a little bit of a different tone. I will not let you make your own decision. Willie Gay will get an extension. <laughs> Clyde will get an offer, hopefully, and they can recoup something for that. We will see. Uh, now, they're not the only guys that have big decisions coming. Um, I don't know how much interest there's going to be in Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point. Um, but I will say if they can get a sandwich for him, they should consider that at this point. Because I don't see any way that Isaiah Pacheco gives up the reins as your number one tailback at this point. So get what you can while you can. Is, the, is there a, a scenario where you play Clyde part-time next season and try to recoup something before the trade deadline? Possibly. But exercising that fifth-year option just isn't on the table to me from where I sit. It will be concerning if we see the team not agree with that. I don't know why they would. Stranger things have happened, and we will get to that. But there's also, I think, a bigger question with what goes on with the franchise tag. And I felt that Brett Veach's comments about the possibility of, of trying to pursue still a long-term contract extension with uh, Orlando Brown is still on the table. Um, that seems sincere to me, and I think I can see, despite what, Fan bases might have to to complain about with Orlando Brown. I do think he he performed better at the end of the season than the first, than the beginning, and I do think that they can see that in terms of a plateau in a draft pick, there varies. There's very little to make you think that you can go out and draft a guy who can come in and play year one, maybe even year two, at the same level as Orlando Brown. So, given everything that you saw today and you heard from from leadership, does this feel like this is an active negotiation? Are we waiting for? for a tag and then we'll try to put something together maybe before the draft or how does this feel to you? Yeah. I mean, you know, to me, it, it kind of feels like two sides that haven't done a lot of talking. And, and I would imagine that there has been little, if any conversation between the two sides on a deal since things fell apart last summer um, with how far that they were. And, you know, and you get into this and, 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 you know, and, and neither, I don't think either side sees March 7th as any kind of a deadline at all. I mean, the reality of that being the deadline for the franchise tag, it's not a contract deadline. So, you know, I don't think either side feels it's necessary to get anything done. I mean, is Orlando's camp sitting there just crossing their fingers, hoping the Chiefs don't tag him? Probably. I mean, that's what I would do, uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't count on it. I mean, that's like, you know, you know hoping that well, when I was a kid going to bed and hoping that it snows and school's canceled the next day. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. So, you know, that means that they've got until this summer to get a deal done. So they got months to go. Um, it's not that big of a, a concern to me. You know, Brett Veach pointed to the fact today that, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, remember this time last year, Orlando Brown didn't even have an agent. So, you know, right. they're further ahead in the ball game right now than, than they were a year ago at this time. It, to me, it is just going to be how close these two sides can get together. And, you know, the the likelihood of Orlando Brown not being the left tackle on this team, pretty low. Um, you know, there is not a left tackle replacement on this squad right now. Uh, in, and even if you were to come back with me with, with any of the guys on the roster, I'll, I'll point to a conversation that we had with Brett today about Lucas Niang. 
you know, likely being the next guy up at right tackle. And if, if Andrew Wiley doesn't come back and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Brett, you know, readily admits, Hey, there's, there's question there because he hasn't played not since the injury. I mean, he came back to the active roster, but he hasn't been in a game. He hasn't been out there. You know, they would like to pencil him in, project him at that right tackle spot. If, 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 if Wiley leaves, but they don't know the guarantee that he can do that. You know, they mm-hmm. need, they'll need to see it. So that's why I say, you know, the, the, the Chiefs are far from being in a comfortable position to replace Orlando. I mean, if they let him go or if, if they were to make a trade of some sort, I mean, there's a lot of, th- a lot of options are on the table. And that's one thing that, you know, the bread said today, I mean, options are there. So, I, I mean, I, I, I do tell Chiefs fans, I will say this, be careful for what you ask for. Because if you want to get rid of Orlando Brown, I'm telling you, there's a pretty good chance that the next guy is not going to be as as good as him. That's that's the risk that you run, and it, it does incorporate having to have a target, in my opinion. We'll talk about draft targets as they get on the field here later in the week. There's, there's one tackle in particular I think you guys want to pay attention to. He looks good in red and black already, but we'll cover him later in the week. Now, what we have to cover is who is now going to help Patrick Mahomes be in his ear a little bit more. How does this change? And what does this staff look like for who gets to help the MVP? We'll do that coming up next. Okay. It's combine. So you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a lot of, Hey, we don't really have an answer, but we'll say, we'll see. And then you get some actual news and Matt, it, it is Dave Girardi that gets the quarterback coach position to work with Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes day-to-day. He has been the assistant quarterback coach to this point. So already have an established relationship. We understand that he's he's the, he's the next Mike Kafka. He's the, the hot guy on the staff that seems to be making an impact. Do you read that same scenario here as this is continuity or is this new blood? What does this bring? You know, that's a really good question because, you know, the one thing that, that David Girardi does bring to this team is that he's not a direct descendant from the Andy Reid tree. Um, if anything, he's he's off the Mike Kafka tree. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, and, and Girardi was a quarterback of his own. I mean, he played at Geneva College, was a you know, two-time All-American at that level. Um, so he's a pretty accomplished quarterback on, on his own right. Um, and then he worked with Mike Kafka at Northwestern. He went on the staff there. And when Mike Kafka came to Kansas City through the Andy Reid connection, he said, hey, this David Girardi is a guy that, you know, we need to have on staff. And so that's how Girardi ended up in Kansas City. Um, definitely an up and coming coach. I mean, he's a young guy. Uh, I think he's just turned 30, uh, you know, so he's early 30s. Um, you know, definitely an up and comer. Um, this is, and, and this is, I think not only about, you know, bringing up a young coach and, and putting him in a position, but also, you know, this is a guy that has definitely made a mark on this staff, you know, back in training camp, I asked, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, what were some of the things that he liked about coaches and, and his coaches? And he's like, I like people who challenge me. And I said, outside of, you know, Eric Bieniemy and, and Andy Reid, who challenges you the most? And he didn't hesitate. He said, David Girardi. Hmm. Um, you know, he's like, he says he's a, you know, a competitive person just like he is. Um, he's always pushing him. You know, if, if, he, if he's, you know, whatever he's doing, he's like, Girardi's trying to push him to go a little bit harder and a little bit farther. Um, you know, he, he likes to talk trash, which obviously Patrick likes to respond to. <laughs> so there's a great relationship there. Um, fits really well in that quarterback room. 
you know, and this doesn't preclude, you know, certainly the Chiefs you know, can have an assistant quarterbacks coach. That's what Girardi was. Wouldn't preclude them from bringing someone else onto the staff who is, you know, new blood or maybe it's somebody who wants to get into coaching. They've got options there. And obviously, you know, there's I love your I love your look on that one. I'm not not alluding to any specific person. I'm just saying the option. Oh, you is can't there. drop that and not elaborate. No, who could I mean, want to get into coaching in this particular room? And and hey, and and the Chiefs we know love having veterans in that room. So even though they got Shane Bouchelle, you know, coming back and everything, I mean, even though you're losing Chad Henney, you'd love to have a veteran in that room and a veteran voice. So I still figure out. I figure either on the coaching staff or in the quarterback room, you're going to have a, a, a veteran of the NFL in there that's not there yet. That's my hot take prediction. Okay. Folks, for, for all the facial reactions, if you'd like, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I know on the audio that doesn't come well through very well, but you, you never know. Uh, I do boil off about my own things like this happen. So, hey, it's fun. Um, now, that said, I was a little taken back. They had some high quality candidates, let's put it that way. Guys with coaching experience, Pep Hamilton, Marcus Brady. I really expected this to be something like we want to diversify not just the the staff itself in terms of you've lost a black coach maybe you bring in another one but a guy again outside the tree uh i was i was thinking this was going to be a great fit for pep hamilton i know they interviewed him for the oc job obviously felt all on that matt Nagy was the, the leading candidate for that but in in order to switch it up is this more about continuing down the path they're on and not reaching outside the the tree for for new influence or is this just that Pep Hamilton, Mark Spray, they obviously have much higher profile jobs than a, than a quarterback coach behind Matt Nagy. Yeah, and that's that's a good question because, you know, hey, even though Matt Nagy was going to be the head, you know, odds on favor to be the offensive coordinator for this team, um, doesn't mean they could have gone a, gone a different direction. And, you know, and, and Andy Reid wasn't very specific about, you know, who was interviewing for what roles. It could have been, you know, that Pep Hamilton was interviewing for both offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. I mean, they, under the Rooney rule, they need that to consider an external minority candidate for both of those jobs. So could one person have fulfilled those roles? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, but I mean, the fact that they were looking out outside the organization, I mean, I think obviously that's that's a trait of Andy Reid. I mean, he's he's definitely shown a, a pension for, you know, wanting to go out and get good coaches that he's heard about. It doesn't have to be just people that he's worked for and people from his tree. So there's that. And then, and, you know, and the other part of it too, is that I do think that coming into this organization might be a little intimidating for some people that maybe it wouldn't be, you know, a great preference. I mean, especially, you know, uh, for a minority coach and you saw the upward mobility of, of Eric Bieniemy in Kansas city, mm -hmm. maybe that might make things tough because that, that thing's not going to change. Whoever is going to be the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach in Kansas City is going to have to live with the fact that Andy Reid's going to get all the credit. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you could come in and be the greatest quarterbacks coach of all time in Kansas City, and I still think Andy Reid's going to get the credit. So that's that's I, th I think the tough part there. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it was anything necessarily about Andy Reid not wanting to bring anybody you know new blood in. I think he he was trying to do that, um, just didn't work out. Okay, and and the. Staff is not finalized. Um, you know, there are still coaches that were not under contract, and Greg Lewis is among them. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to bring him up, too. Uh, kind of a, a, a quirky answer. You're working on filling this out, but Andy Reid has not spoken, uh, according to Andy Reid, to Greg Lewis since he's had this interview with Eric Bieniemy and the staff in Washington. Um, it's got to feel like 
one way or the other, you got to fill that role if he's not going to be back at the running back coach position. Uh, Joe Blamar is still the wide receiver coach as we stand right now. I thought he would have been in on the quarterbacks coach discussion as well. Do you see more changes there, or does that mean Blamar is most likely just going to stay put and, and adapt to what the new uh, evolution is above him? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question to see what happens. I mean, you know, um, it, it is interesting that Greg Lewis is kind of still out there. That you know, it hasn't been finalized one way or the other if he's going to Washington or staying in Kansas City. Um, you know, it was it, it was definitely left open ended today by Andy Reid about what his future is going to be. Um, but you know, and outside of that, I, I'm not expecting a whole lot of change on the coaching staff. I mean, it, 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 could there be more dominoes to fall? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's some interesting jobs around the league, and I'm, I've been surprised that this staff has not been picked apart as it is. So this potential is still there. I mean, even though the, the you know the Chiefs made the news with Girardi today, this is pretty early. I mean, the Chiefs don't normally you know publicly announce their coaching staff until maybe later in March or even early April. So you know, for for Reed to go ahead and, and let the cat out of the bag today about Girardi was kind of interesting. Um, they kind of you know had to make that move with Nagy just because that's you know offensive coordinator spot. It's hard to let that one go you know open for six weeks. Um, but let's see what happens. I mean, I I I don't have any indication that there's going to be mass turnover remaining. But you know, could it be that there's one or more one or two spots that might turn over? Yeah, it's possible. Well, it should shape into the the next evolution, just like the roster. Will change a lot of that comes from the combine. It's it's confirmation of what you've seen on film. It's a lot of exploration. It's a lot of meetings, medicals. We're going to have that covered for you because they'll be on the field in just a matter of days, and it's already going on. Information is being gleaned. Guys are being taken off the Chiefs board. We're going to have it all for you. You can pre-order the Athletic Matrix and the Draft Guide over at RogueAPC.com. Now we'll have all that work done for you. We'll get Matt's input on the draft class as well get to some needs after we get through free agents, see what they can get done there. So this is just the first step in what is a very busy offseason for the Chiefs to try to run it back and get back to that Super Bowl one more time. Thank you all for being here with us, Matt. Hope you enjoy Indy. Have a shrimp cocktail for me. I dare you to get the hot one. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty big dare. I don't know if I can pull that one off. I, I, I have faith in you. So let's get after it um, until next time that we're there together. All right, folks, thank you for your time. Thank you, Matt. Safe travels. We will talk to you next time. I'm going to get into some of these holes in the roster that are apparent and some that aren't apparent, and then Matt will be back next week, of course, to give us the lowdown. Have a great evening. We appreciate your time listening to us today. Like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube. Check out another Locked On podcast, maybe the draft show. You might be interested in that this time of year. And we'll be back with you tomorrow 